Welcome to Ubaldi Reports. Now, just like we did last week, which we analyzed the Republican debate, we're going to do the same thing with the Democratic debate that just concluded yesterday. Now, the Democrats held their fourth debate in Charlotte, South Carolina, and this is going to be the last one before the Iowa caucus. And just in a brief wrap-up of the, before we get into the analysis of the debate, there's been a lot of criticism of why did they hold this debate on a Sunday which was during the NFL playoff season. And also the last two debates were held on a Saturday. Now the criticism and all two of the candidates, Bernie Sanders and Martin O'Malley have very sharp criticism for Debbie Wasserman Schultz. She's the chairperson of the democratic national committee for holding the only six debates and four right before the Iowa caucus. And then holding this debate on a two, two on a Saturday and one on a Sunday, and they feel that they're, the Democratic National Committee is secretly wanting Hillary Clinton to be the eventual nominee. But that said, the debate was last night, and it was far different than the last couple of debates. There were some sharp exchanges between the two top contenders, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. And current polls has Bernie Sanders leading or close to lead, uh, leading in Iowa and in New Hampshire the question is, will Hillary Clinton be able to pull it off? She lost in 2008 to then-Senator Barack Obama, who eventually went on to the presidency of the United States. But the question becomes is, does Bernie Sanders have the staying power? Because once they go into the South, especially South Carolina, the demographics of the electric changes instead of being – Those that support Bernie Sanders, it's more diverse. It's more the coalition that brought Barack Obama to the presidency. But it also showed during the debate, especially with Hillary Clinton, she made some points to reiterate to the people watching why she supports President Obama and to make that distinction where um, Bernie Sanders did not support him on key issues. But really the debate was down to just two people. It was Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. Now, Martin O'Malley made some good points. He had a point to say, but really it was down to the two. Now, Bernie Sanders was different this time. He attacked her on her support for Wall Street and being how she received huge uh, contributions from Wall Street and the big power elites in the financial industry and how he received nothing and will not receive any money from these individuals and he also mentioned that she received speaking fees to hundreds of thousands of dollars from these, from the financial institutions in Wall Street. So there's a big distinction on that way. I would say that the winner on this debate, because I know everybody focuses on the winners and losers, I would put it with Bernie Sanders followed by Hillary Clinton. And the reason was, I think Bernie Sanders was, he's not as articulate. He really kind of shouts a lot, but he re-emphasized his points of why he makes a distinction between Hillary Clinton and himself. Now, he did state that he's not accepting, nor will he accept any money from Wall Street, where Hillary Clinton was put on the defensive on that. Now, there's a couple things that weren't mentioned. There was really no mention of veterans issues, which is the big issues to the veterans community. Nothing was said about Afghanistan, even though President Obama campaigned that we would, he was ending two wars. More troops are staying in Afghanistan and will will be there after a new president takes over. So nothing was mentioned about Afghanistan. 
nor was anything mentioned about the Clinton Foundation or the email scandal. So that each person has to take something away from that, but those are the, the takeaways that were not mentioned. Now, the first part of the debate was centered primarily on the economy. And the Demo- all three candidates, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, and Martin O'Malley, all mentioned how the middle class is getting squeezed, jobs are not being created, the wealth is concentrated in the top 1% of um, the uh, the top 1% control most of the wealth in the United States. And we'll have to figure out what the statistics on that. But that's what the center, center part of this debate was on, was the U.S. economy. The question the Democrats are going to have moving forward, whoever becomes the nominee, is they're correct. The middle class, no one's objecting of their argument. But how do they reconcile the fact that the Democratic Party has been controlling the executive branch for the last eight years. It's really their economy. Now, some could argue, well, it's not just the president doesn't have sole control of the economy. Well, if that's the case, then George Bush wasn't fully responsible for the financial collapse in 2008 and into 2009, nor could you give the full credit of you know, balancing the budget or a strong economy in the 90s when Bill Clinton was president because six of his years the Republicans controlled both the House and the Senate, and with George W. Bush, to uh, the last two years of his administration, the Republicans um, they lost control, and the Democrats solidly controlled the House and the Senate. So it, it's interesting how that wasn't really brought up, but this is the Democratic debate, and they're playing to the Democratic base, so we just have to go with that. The other thing that was 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 striking in this debate. They're talking about how the middle class is getting um, really stymied by this economy. And they're talking about how corporate America is really taking it to the middle class. The one thing that hasn't been mentioned, and this goes even to the Republican debate as well from last week, is nobody mentioned anything about small business. Small business is really getting hurt in this economy. Now, the Brookings Institute, which is a liberal progressive think tank out of Washington, D.C., now in 2014 in May of that year, they came out with a study and a report that showed that new businesses are not entering the economy, meaning that there's more businesses leaving the economy than coming in. Now, you have old businesses, which is 15 years or older, but very few new business are being started. The entrepreneurial spirit of America is shrinking rapidly. And the one thing that has to be taken away from that is 60 to 70% of all jobs in America are small business owners, meaning 50 employees or less. But it was ironic that nothing was mentioned about small business. Now, a couple of the things that the candidates sparred on, and the biggest one was the Affordable Care Act. Hillary Clinton tried to paint that Bernie Sanders was wanting to replace the Affordable Care Act and start with something scratch. And Hillary Clinton made a big point about saying the President Obama was right. We, we, we passed the Affordable Care Act. It's helped this many people. And we need to just make the improvements to it. And it was kind of, kind of strange because Bernie Sanders has, ne- has never said he wanted to get rid of the Affordable Care Act and replace it with something else. But the thing that's interesting is neither candidate really got into explanation is how they would replace, I mean, excuse me, how they would reform the Affordable Care Act. 
the question, no one's disputing we want everybody to have health care coverage or access to health care. But the problem with the Affordable Care Act is you had about 40 million people without health insurance. Now they're brought into the health care roles. Who was going to eventually pay for it? Because you didn't make any changes to nurses, doctors. You didn't do anything about tort reform. You didn't do anything about the portability of insurance. If you move from one state to another state, your health insurance would come with you. That was never brought up. And it was never asked, or nor did the candidate state, how they would pay for changes or expansion of the Affordable Care Act. They gave the platitudes of what they wanted to hope to accomplish, but never said how they would do it. The other aspect they talked about was Dodd-Frank, the financial reform. This was the act that passed in July of 2010, which was to reform the financial institutions to make the big banks smaller. Now, Bernie Sanders made a good point that the big banks are bigger now than they ever were in 2009. But the problem with the financial reform, and this goes back to small business, is the regulations that go into the the Dodd-Frank are still yet to be written. There's some that have been written, but they're still yet to be written. And this has really impacted small business because they don't have the accountants, the lawyers, the attorneys, um, all the, the, the lobbyists that corporate America has. They're really getting stymied by this Dodd-Frank and the Affordable Care Act. And I would just ask my listeners to just go ask when you're out and about, ask any small business owner, how is your business doing? And a lot of them would say, I'm really struggling with all the regulations that are coming down from Washington. Now, the one thing that Bernie Sanders talked about, he mentioned that because of the financial um, collapse or crisis of 2008, 2009, the banks got bigger they were able to buy um, Congress. And he makes the comment about something that Congress is controlled by corporate America and Wall Street. And there's some dispute about that, but I think everybody agrees that the money needs to get out of, out of politics. But the problem is when he says that no Wall Street executive went to jail, the one thing that Republicans are probably going to hit him on is the, uh, the Department of Justice has been controlled by the president of their party is the, the Democrats have controlled the Department of Justice for eight years. So the question you would have to ask is why hasn't then Attorney General Eric Holder or now Loretta Lynch prosecuted any of the Wall Street executives for contributing to the financial collapse? And that question has really never been asked by anybody, nor has the media went out that or went into looked into that. Now the other area that they talked about is campaign finance reform and Bernie Sanders is a champion of not taking corporate money or not having a pack. He wants middle America, small business, I mean, small, small donors to contribute to his campaign. But the one thing they never discussed is what about the other hidden uh, gorilla in the room? What about union money? What about tort reform? Because the trial lawyers are big contributors to the democratic party And that was some of the angst that a lot of the medical community have as it comes to the health care reform. Now, they talk about we need to get lobbyists, we need to get the the, the lobbyists out of Washington. But people got to remember, one person's lobbyist is another person's good deed. Everybody belongs to a lobbyist. Now, the one thing that they haven't mentioned is, again, union money. Union money primarily goes to the Democrats. But 
you talk about corporate money, and the Republicans would say, well, what about union money? So if we're going to do a comprehensive campaign finance reform, you got to look at it all, not just look at one side. You have to look at where you're getting your money from. Now, Bernie Sanders did talk about when it came to defense, we need to change the priority when it comes to defense spending. And I think that, and I would agree with them, being 30 years in the Marines, I think we need to look at how our money is being spent. Where is it going? What weapon systems are being used? Because we're, we're in a different age. The idea of state-on-state actors con- committing problems, we're going to be in a more of an unconventional type fight in the future or currently. But where does our dollars go? How is the money spent? Politico came out with the report last month detailing the, the the waste of spending. A lot of the times money is being spent on weapons programs we don't need. The Defense Department really doesn't have a great idea of how, how some of its money is being spent, but yet we're spending billions upon billions of dollars. So I agree with Bernie Sanders on that, but both parties are contributing to this method. It's not a one party only. And that's that sometimes people go back to Eisenhower, be wary of the military industrial complex. He didn't pick a party. Both parties are grovel at the, the the trough of defense spending. But all three candidates did mention the um, the response by the Republicans, most notably Donald Trump. He got most of the play. They, when they said the Republican Party, they did it in a collective way. But when it comes to specifics, they really went after Donald Trump's Donald Trump, especially on his statements with regard to immigrants and Muslims. Now, Secretary Clinton did did mention that Muslims are being attacked across the country and she's fearing that there's going to be a backlash against the Muslim community because of Donald Trump's rhetoric. The one thing that needs to be really put in context is the FBI came out with a study or a report last year, I think at the end of last year, and stated that 60% of all attacks or hate crimes were against the Jew- Jewish community not the Muslim community. The Muslim community only accounts for about 15 to 16%, which is atrocious as itself, but we need to put this in context where most of the um, the hate crimes um, are going. The other thing that got a big play was gun control. All three candidates were trying to paint themselves weak because they're playing to the base of the Democratic Party, who typically is not really in favor of an armed citizen or the second amendment. So they were pushing about which candidate was the better to, to restrict the usage of guns and Hillary Clinton tried, and she did a pretty good job, tried to show that Bernie Sanders was not as strong advocate of gun control as she could be. But in reality, I think as time goes on, I think most of Americans are more concerned with the economy What are you going to do with the economy? How are you going to create jobs? How are you going to jumpstart the U.S. economy? That may be an issue down the the line, but I think more Americans are more concerned about the U.S. economy, especially with regard to last week, last couple weeks of the stock market. The one thing the candidates did not um, state or did not or were not asked by the moderators is the relationship between what you would do with the U.S. economy and the stock market um, having a big substantial drop the last couple of weeks, especially after last Friday's over 400-point drop in the stock market. So, And that's concerning going forward. And we're not sure because now more 
Iranian crudes coming on the market with the slowdown in China and around the world and the sharp decrease in manufacturing in the United States. What will happen as the stock market opens because it's on the Martin Luther King Day holiday today? What's going to happen? And nobody was asked that. It was just striking. None of the moderators asked him, what would you do differently considering the economy is what more Americans are are worried about and with the sharp decrease in um, the stock market. So that really wasn't asked. The other thing that really took a big play and all three candidates talked about was criminal justice reform, especially with the high-profile police shootings in Chicago, Missouri, and Baltimore. What would, the, what would those candidates do to reform the police and the criminal justice community? And all three candidates really focused on reforming the police. Hillary Clinton really went out of her way to make it to paint the the police officers across the country in a broad broke stroke as being racist. But I'm I'm guessing that in my opinion that my my opinion that a place to the base of where she was at because now she's in South Carolina, which has a big proponent of propensity of African American voters. But the one thing that never was asked of the three candidates, I understand we got to, police officers need to look at how they do their tactics and techniques and procedures. But one thing that wasn't asked is how would you reform some of these urban cities like Baltimore, where Martin O'Malley was a former mayor and he later became governor? Maryland and Baltimore are solidly blue areas. I mean, it's Maryland's a solid blue state. How would you reform? What would you do differently to reform some of these areas? Because even in Baltimore, they have one of the highest per pupil stu- student spending in the country when it comes to education, but they still have one of the highest gra- uh, um, dropout rates. Very few of their uh, their students, especially in the African-American community, are graduating high school. So what are they going to do to reform the educational system in these communities, and they mentioned the the water crisis in Flint, but they didn't talk. And they talk about the governor of Michigan should be um, should resign because of his his position and how he handled that. But nothing was said about the mayor of Chicago, um, Rahm Emanuel, and the crisis regarding the police shooting in that city. And Nobody said or anything or said he should resign because of the way he handled it and the way that that video was suppressed of the shooting by that police officer. So that all needs to be held in context. But people need to also look at how does this play throughout the election? Because will the police officers and associations across the country, will they embrace the Democratic message when they're being always painted as it's their fault? that they're racist. And really, Hillary Clinton really went out of her way to paint them in a broad brush stroke that they're racist. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the um, the weeks and months ahead. But going forward, the other t- top issue that really had a back seat to this whole debate was foreign policy. And it was really strict, stayed um, true, was dealing with how will the Democratic candidates deal with ISIS. And they really didn't, um, answer the questions. They just kept it with their base says, well, we're not going to send in ground troops. And I, and that's fine. I don't think anybody's favoring divisions of Marines and soldiers going into Syria, but they never answered the question. What would you do differently? Now they praised all three praised the, the nuclear agreement with Iran. And since we just lifted sanctions over the weekend, 
But the thing that they never addressed is how does that play in the Arabic world? Now, I know we all have our issues with the Middle East, especially Saudi Arabia and the Gulf states, but reality is reality. They look at a serious threat from emanating from Iran than they do from ISIS and in that well. And they they see us giving billions of dollars to Iran to prop up Assad. They see Iran in Yemen. They see Iran formating rebellion through its surrogates in the Shiite community all through Iraq in Syria and everyone talks about we got to get the Arab countries on, bo- on, on board. Well, that's not happening now because of this deal and it's even going to make it worse as this deal keeps going through and now Iran has billions of dollars extra money to spend. So but they never, and Republicans are the same way, they've never addressed it. How do you get rid of ISIS? They keep going back to the same mold about, well, we shouldn't have been there in the first place. This is what comes out of it, but what people need to also understand is Hillary Clinton voted for the war in Iraq. So did John Kerry and so did Joseph Biden. And the vice president and the secretary of state, they also voted against the first Gulf War. So I would ask those two, why did you vote against no that one and then vote yes this time? So it's all different. I mean, this debate, I don't know if it answers a lot of people's mind. There's a lot of questions. But Bernie Sanders has did move up in the polls. And he did a very good job in the debate, really made pointed attacks against Hillary Clinton. The one thing he didn't mention was the Clinton Foundation. The, there was no mention of the email scandals, and the FBI is looking into how Secretary Clinton handled classified documents. Now it seems it's been reported that they've expanded the probe to look into the correlation between the Clinton Foundation and her time as Secretary of State because a lot of corporations and countries who deal, who have business before the State Department went through her office. At the same time, donations from these companies came into the hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars to the foundation. And her husband, former President Bill Clinton, made millions of dollars in campaign contributions. I mean, excuse me, in speaking fees. So that has to be looked at as well. So, But in the context, I think everybody just needs to get, a, get an idea of what the issues are. This is just an overview of how the, um, the campaign, I mean, the, the debate went. But I think more Americans just need to ask questions, understand what the issues are, and challenge your candidate. Challenge these candidates on the Republican and Democratic side of why they should do certain things or why they shouldn't do certain things. But I just want these candidates to be challenged because we can't wait until they get into office to find out what they're going to do. So challenge your, your, your candidates, force the media to challenge, and force the media to ask poignant questions and do their due diligence and do their research. But I'd like to thank everybody for listening to Ubaldi Reports. Uh, keep on listening. We're going to have more, many more of these topics as the campaign season moves forward. If you get a chance, sign up on Stitcher and iTunes. It's free. Tell me what you want to listen to. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you think of these, this programming. And please let me know so we can make changes or get something that you want to hear. Also, if you get a chance, listen, or excuse me, you can buy my book. I have a book titled The New Business Brigade. And the whole premise is why businesses need to hire veterans and the untapped resource they represent. You can buy it at any bookstore. It's a bestseller on Amazon. You can buy it at Barnes & Noble. 
as an example, but get a chance, buy it, let your friends know, and keep on listening to Ubaldi reports and get out there and vote. Have a great time.